chapter 3 and verse number 1. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1. I want to say it's so good to have all of our guests and our visitors in the house of the Lord with us. Let's give them a hand. Amen. It's good to have Brother Christian and Sister Melissa in the house of the Lord with us. Amen. Photographer extraordinaire. Amen. Getting some more more stuff for us, for our social media, so we're thankful for that. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1. And uh, this week, you don't want to miss it. This Wednesday night, Brother Troy Diaz is going to be preaching. Amen. Hallelujah. One of our very own, our youth pastor, he's going to be preaching, and it's going to be great. And then next week, uh, Brother Puller, and uh, we're just going to keep rocking on. I want to say revival's here, church. Amen. Let, let's just continue on. And I'm going to preach what I feel like God's laid on my heart. And, uh, and we're going to pray uh, that God would do a work here today. And if you're visiting, I want to tell you, you can get God to touch you today, and it can change your life forever. I, I felt this in my spirit, and uh, I want to do my best to preach it. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days... Perilous times shall come. Hard times shall come. Difficult days shall come. Amen. Terrible days shall come. Now, uh, some people say, well, Pastor, why are we reading this on a Sunday? We're going we're gonna get to get to the good stuff here in a little bit. But I want you to just think about perilous times in the last days. And I want you to think about our day today as I read this. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Sound familiar? Amen. Hallelujah. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, covenant breakers, another way of putting that, heady, high-minded, stiff-necked, hard-headed. Amen. That just got some of us in the house of the Lord. Amen. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness. They've got the form. They might even look it, seem it. But they deny the power thereof. Which means they've got the form, but they don't have the filling. They've got the form of godliness, but the power of godliness is actually being godly. And they deny that. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts. This is Paul's way of saying that these things are creeping into the home. And it's even getting a hold of, of, of the women of the home, the keepers of the home. Amen. It's not just talking about women, but the keepers of the home. And now it's leading them away ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. I want you to notice this next part. Now, church, we learn, but, but, but we don't learn just for the sake of learning. You know, that's our world today. We are living in, in, in kind of the information age where it's just I want to know some new thing. And everything's got to be new and it's got to be shiny. But not everything that glitters is gold. And there is this idea of I don't really care what the truth is. I just want something new to tickle my ears. And that is what the end times will be like. Now, I want you to notice this next part. 
And this is where I'm going to be preaching. Now it's Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses. Notice all those things in the last days. He relegates the spirits and the attitudes of the last days that we are living in right now as Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses. So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Now this is the good news. But just like Jannies and Jambres came to a point where they couldn't go any further, people that are operating in this spirit, it's got to stop. Amen. And he said, but these shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Amen. As Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these resist the truth, but they shall proceed no further. And I was trying to come up with a title for this, and, and, and I prayed about it, and I don't really know if I've got a good one, but I, I hope this will get through what I'm, with what I'm really feeling to preach. Amen. I want to preach to us about this subject, deliverance from the magicians. Deliverance from the magicians. Would you set down your Bibles? Come on. We're going to pray right now, and I believe the Holy Ghost is going to move all across this building. I believe God is already moving all across this building. And that God is going to give a mighty deliverance. There is going to be a liberty that comes into your family, that comes into your home. Amen. There are, there are things that are attacking in this generation. Amen. And I want to tell you, we're going to get deliverance from them today. And God's going to send us out to show somebody the light and to try to bring deliverance into their life as well. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this building. Amen. Turn to the, your neighbor and tell him deliverance from the magicians. And you may be seated. We read here today one of the prophetic statements in the epistles where the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, but not just Timothy. He is writing a letter that will go to all of the churches of that time, and as we are so blessed today, we have it here today. And he begins to tell them about the last days. Now, I want to just tell you here today about the last days for a moment. Everybody in our world that is religious, uh, some that are of the truth and some that are not of the truth, uh, in fact, there are a lot of uh, doomsday prep cults and all those different things that try to use fear to tell people that they are in the last days and that uh, that Jesus is coming and and you know there's people that have wrote books you know 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988 and last I checked he didn't show up in 88 and there are entire religions I don't want to bash or be rude but they are doomsday uh, you know, even the Jehovah's Witnesses have reported and have declared and prophesied that 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 Jesus was going to return and that the end of the world was going to happen no less than 25 times. And it hasn't happened yet. And so there is there is a little bit of trepidation when it comes to this concept of end times. But yet we must understand that 
there are last days. And we are, in fact, living in the last days. Now, last days doesn't mean two years. It doesn't mean a hundred years. If you notice, Jesus was, or Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost. And he preached and he pulled a text from Joel that said, Amen, that, that, that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he began to preach to the first century church that this is that that was spoken to the prophet Joel. I want to tell you that we've been living in the last days since the beginning of the church. Amen. I want to tell you the last days are the church age. And it's the time when the apostolic church even is rising and preaching this gospel across the known world. And he started filling people with his spirit 2,000 plus years ago. But I've got good news. We're still in the last days and God is still filling people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you're thankful for that, why don't you give the Lord some praise? But Jesus gave signs of the end times. And I, I didn't come to preach about the end times today, so I want to move beyond that. But as Paul began to write about the last days, again, we've been living in the last days for over 2,000 years. I want to just tell you the best way to live for God. Amen. Don't live in fear with beans and rice in a bunker. Amen. Don't live in isolation. That is not the will of God. Amen. We are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You can't do that if you're living in isolation. Hallelujah. That's for free. And, uh, and so we're not to be afraid of that. Here's the best way to live for God. You live for God like he's coming tonight. You live for God like he's coming right now. That means what? I'm prayed up. That means I'm worshiping God. That means I'm living right. That means I, I, I'm just living for the Lord. Amen. You live like he could show up tonight. You live with the understanding that, amen, he's not coming shortly. He's coming unexpectedly. Jesus said like the thief in the night, he's going to arrive. He's going to appear. He's going to show up. Amen. We got to live like he's coming back right now. But we make preparation. In the kingdom, and we make plans in the kingdom for evangelism and for growth, amen, as if he's not coming back for another hundred years. Hallelujah. We live like he's coming back tonight, amen, and we win people to God like he's coming back tonight, but we also make plans and preparations. What's that building fund mean? That building fund is if Jesus shows up tonight, that building fund means nothing, amen. Thank God for it, but I'll tell you what it means if Jesus says, I'm going to wait another hundred years. That means entire families that are not saved that are about to be saved. I'll tell you what we're doing. We're making plans. Amen. So I want to quickly tell you a little bit about the last days because we've been in them for 2,000 years. Amen. Now, Pastor, does that mean we need to kick back and relax? No, he's, he could come back tonight. He could come back while I'm preaching. Amen. Or he could say, I'm going to wait another 100 years. We've got to be ready for both. Amen. And so uh, he talked about the, the spirits and the attitudes of the last days, these perilous times that shall come. You know, I'm not so worried. I know people get all caught up in the book of Revelations and they get caught up in what does this mean and what does that mean. And Jesus even said it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father's put in, your, in his power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. I want to just tell you, we don't have the power to know when Jesus is coming back. That's not the power he gave us. 
Amen. We don't have the power to determine what all the book of Revelations means. That's not the power he gave us. But he did give us power to go find somebody that needs Jesus and to tell them the gospel and to preach the message to them. He said, you got the Holy Ghost so you can share this glorious gospel. So I'm not so worried about the Antichrist. I'm not so worried about the mark of the beast. I'm not so worried about tribulation. I'm not so worried about pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just tribbing. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just pan-trib. I just hope it pans out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the only pan in this generation you need to be. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, but as a pastor, just like Paul, Paul wasn't really worried about, well, here's what you look for, and this is when you know, and it'll be on this date. And There's people who always think they figured out the, the science behind it. There is none. He's coming unexpectedly. But as a pastor, I'm more concerned, like Paul was, with the attitudes and the spirits of the last days. Amen. Not, the, not what happens in the last days. The attitudes and the spirits of the last days. The Bible talks about many spirits that will be in the last days. In fact, the Bible even calls some of them by name. This is another sermon for another time. But the Bible says the spirit of Antichrist was already at work 2,000 years ago. Amen. The Bible says and talks about the spirit of Korah, which was, is gaining political influence over the church, and it's subverting authority. I want to tell you, you got to be careful not to mix your politics with Jesus because Jesus is not a Republican. He ain't a Democrat either. He's Jesus. Amen. And you got to be careful not to try to mix the two. And when people stop, amen, being biblical, they start being political. And that's the spirit of Korah. And you got to be careful of that. There is a spirit of Jezebel, which is trying its best to kill off and to eliminate men of God and those that are willing to stand for the things of God. It's also trying to make other men effeminate. It's trying to take away the value of masculinity. It's trying to say masculinity is toxic. Amen. But I want to tell you, weak men are toxic. Real men are not toxic. Amen. Men that are willing to stand on truth and love their wives and love their families and love their church. Ain't nothing toxic about that, brother. There is a spirit of Cain that is trying to kill their brother and not feel responsible. And I don't have time to name all of the other names. And then we see attitudes that are listed in several different places in the Bible, including in our text. There will be lovers of their own selves. Everybody say selfish. That's an attitude of the end times. Now, I'm t I want to tell you, we as the church, we are the messengers of the message. Uh, amen. And so we have got to be the ones that are standing in opposition to these attitudes and to these spirits. Uh, and you are in church today because you are wanting to break, uh, amen, and, and to break through the spirits of this generation. And I believe that there will be deliverance uh, in 2023 and in this generation from, the from all the magicians' lies and from all all of the spirits of this age and all of the manipulation. He said they'll be covetous. They'll be lovers of money. They'll be greedy. They'll be boasters. They'll be proud. They'll be blasphemers, God-haters. They'll be disobedient to parents. Everybody say, out of order. Amen. You're not supposed to be your kid's friend. You're supposed to be your kid's parent. Uh, and, the, and, and, and the kids don't run the home. The parent runs the home. And the world is getting out of order. And, and so it's, it's becoming more and more. And you can judge for yourself whether or not that's the case in this generation. Unthankful, which means they're not just entitled. They're not thankful for what they do have. Amen. Unholy. 
heartless, truce breakers, covenant breakers, slanderers. There's no self-control, brutal, amen, despising those that are good, hating those that are doing well, traitors, uh, reckless, in love with pleasure more than in love with God. Uh, They appear to be godly, but they have no feeling of godliness. I want to tell you what this is. Uh, It is nothing more than a magic trick in our generation. It is nothing more, amen, than just an illusion where we appear to have this, but we aren't really this. It's nothing more than a magic trick in this generation. And this is what he says. He then proceeds to say, as Jannies and Jambres. Now I want to talk to us for a moment. There is no other place in your Bible where it mentions the name of Jannies and Jambres. There are only a couple historical documents that that have been cited, and we can tell by Paul's upbringing and his religious upbringing that by oral tradition, the names of Jannies and Jambres uh, got pressed forward. So who is Jannies and Jambres? Uh, Paul is saying that the attitudes and the spirits of the end times uh, would be similar to the battle that Moses had uh, and Aaron had with the magicians of Pharaoh. Uh, amen. And these Jannies and Jambres, uh, through oral tradition and through historical record, these are the only names of the magicians that appeared, amen, in Paul's day. And so when Paul quoted, amen, just as Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these in this current generation operate in these attitudes and these spirits. They resist God. But I want to talk to us about the magicians that withstood Aaron and Moses in your Bibles, Exodus chapter 7 and verse number 10. We're going to read a couple scriptures and get a little understanding about the magicians that withstood Moses and Aaron. Exodus 7 and 10. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did as the Lord commanded them. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. And then Pharaoh did something. Now, you got to understand in the Bible, when you read about Egypt, amen, Egypt in the Bible is always a type of the world. When you read about uh, figures like Pharaoh, they are always a typology of the adversary and of evil and of sin itself. But I want you to notice what Pharaoh does because he's the one enslaving the people of God. Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers and now the magicians of Egypt. And they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. I want to tell you, Jannies and Jambres and all of the other magicians, amen, when when they threw down their rod, Aaron Aaron and Moses threw down their rod, they thought, This will convince Pharaoh to let the people go. Maybe if we show another, amen, miracle, he'll finally let them go. But if you notice, uh, amen, Pharaoh said, I've got something else that I can use. Uh, And he calls for Moses, or he calls for Jannies and Jambres. uh, And they arrive, and they take their rods. uh, And they also, with their enchantments, uh, throw it down. And it, too, becomes a serpent. But I want you to notice the rest of this Sir, the rest of this text. Uh, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. I want to tell you, even when the magicians can replicate, uh, they will never have as much power as the real thing. Uh, they can try to imitate, uh, but the imitation is never as good as the real thing. 
Verse number 16. Again, God speaks to him and says, Thou shalt say unto him, Let my people go. Just paraphrasing. Verse number 20. And Moses and Aaron did so as the Lord commanded. And he lifted up the rod and he smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the waters that were in the rivers were turned to blood. Amen. And you can notice this as you read your Bible. Amen. That, that God is literally taking on all of the Egyptian deities. All of the false gods, they believe, amen, that the river's a god. And so when they stick that rod in the river, it begins to become blood. And all the waters of Egypt turn to blood. What is God saying? I have killed your deity. I am greater than your deity. When he blocks out the sun, he is saying, I am greater than Ra. Hallelujah. And, and what God is doing is he's showing. And mind you, notice what the Bible says. He said, do this in front of Pharaoh. I want to tell you, God is not going to hide what he's going to do in this generation. God is not going to put it in a corner. God is not going to, I'll tell you, when God breaks out in revival and God starts delivering people, amen, from the spells of this generation, he's going to do it publicly. He's going to do it. He's going to do it in a way where he puts the devil on blast and puts him on notice that there's one God and his name is Jesus. Okay, you turn water into blood, you turn a serpent, all right. And verse 22, and the magicians, Jannies and Jambri showed up, of Egypt did so with their enchantments. Verse, and then chapter 8 and verse 6, so, all right, you were able to do this. We could take care of that as well. We're going to replicate it. And Aaron stretched out his hand, verse 6 of chapter 8. He stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt, and the magicians did so with their enchantments, and they brought up frogs from the land uh, of Egypt. Uh, I want to just tell you, amen, a little bit about these, uh, amen, magicians. Uh, they could mimic and they could duplicate, but I want you to notice something. They could not eradicate. Every time they brought a plague upon Egypt, uh, that serpent that came from the rod, uh, amen, they said, well, we can also bring serpents, uh, but they couldn't do anything to get rid of the serpents. Uh, and every time they showed up and they said, well, you turn water into blood, uh, where they found fresh water, we'll never know. Uh, but they said, look, with our enchantments, uh, we can also turn water into blood. But I want you to notice something. Uh, there's something the magicians couldn't do. Uh, hey, they didn't need more blood. They needed water. They needed something to drink. Uh, and then when they brought frogs, uh, they could somehow, someway replicate. We can bring more frogs. Uh, but it took an act of Moses uh, and it took an act of God uh, to get rid of the blood, uh, to get rid of the serpents, uh, to get rid of the frogs. Uh, and I want to preach to somebody, uh, the devil's real sly in his magic tricks. Uh, amen. He can duplicate uh, some of God's miracles. And, and you might think to yourself, well, uh, they look like they're doing the same thing. Uh, they might, there might even be churches singing similar songs, but I want to preach to you, when the problems show up, they have no ability to get rid of the problems. I want to preach to somebody uh, in this generation. This generation knows how to duplicate your depression. It knows how to duplicate your suicidal thoughts. Uh, it knows how to make you feel more depressed than you've ever felt. Uh, it, it knows how to make you sicker than when you showed up. Uh, but I want to preach to you, they don't have the ability. They don't have the power uh, to get rid. Amen. Notice they could bring the plagues, but they could not remove them. Rods into snakes, but even Aaron's rod 
got rid of the snakes and it won. Amen. Water into blood, it created thirst. Amen. But they could not quench the thirst. All they could do is create more thirst. Amen. I want to tell you that's what drugs and alcohol really are. You just, you think, well, I, I fixed it. No, you didn't. All you did was get high. All you did was get drunk. And when the high comes down, all that it can do is produce an addiction that says, I'm thirstier now than I ever was. I'm more depressed now than I ever was. They brought the frogs, and all they could do is get, they, they could just keep bringing them. you got to remember the story. Amen. Frogs were in their kneading troughs. Frogs were everywhere. Frogs were in their food. Amen. This was a plague. This was not just a couple frogs in your backyard pond. Uh, amen. But they were everywhere. And when, when Pharaoh said, I'm so sick of them, they're in my bed, they're crawling all over me, it was just a frustrating, annoying thing. I can't get rid of it. Amen. And he turned to his, his magicians and he said, listen, you guys got to do something. And every time they tried to get rid of the frogs, another frog would jump out of their hand. And every time they thought, well, we'll eradicate them, more frogs started showing up. And he had to finally go to Moses and Aaron and say, we, you got to do something something about this and I want to just preach to somebody uh, it's the only plague out of all of the plagues uh, that Moses looked at Pharaoh and said when do you want him gone hallelujah and he said well tomorrow works I want to tell you don't wait until tomorrow uh, don't press procrastinate your deliverance when God gives you an opportunity to get free don't wait when you couldn't get free on the bar stool, amen, but God brings you to his house and he gives you an opportunity to get free, don't push it off to next week. Don't push it off to next Sunday. Don't push it off to the evangelist. Don't push it off to Wednesday. Brothers and sisters, when God gives you an opportunity to get free, you got to get delivered from the magician. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. Oh, come on, let's give God some praise here today. You can get delivered. You can get delivered. You don't have to wait for deliverance. Today is the day of salvation. These magicians, I want to talk to you about their methods. They could create more problems, but they could not get rid of any. Amen. And, and Paul is saying that is just like the world that is going to be in the last days. All those problems that Paul listed, I want to tell you, the world cannot get rid of them. I want to tell you, the world, doesn't matter how much, how much you do, the world cannot get rid of people being selfish. It's not in the world because the world, all they know is how to create more selfishness. All they know is how to produce more greed. All they know is how to produce more perilous times. All they know how to do is create people that can't keep their word. All they know how to do is produce more traitors. They only know how to make people more hard-headed and stiff-necked. They only know how to make people more in love with themselves and more in love with pleasure. But they have no idea how to make people more in love with God. And that is the biggest problem with their methods. Amen. They will send you to counseling, but the counselors goal and I'm not against counseling please understand me but they will send you to counseling for your mind uh, and their goal is not necessarily to get you delivered their goal is to get you to be able to cope with it 
I want to tell you about the magicians of our generation. Uh, they will tell you, uh, you just need to pop another pill and you'll be, you'll be all right to make it another week. Uh, you just need to take another course uh, and you can make it another month. Uh, and what they're doing is they're medicating the problem, uh, but they're not eradicating the problem. And, and they'll teach you how to live with the frogs. And they'll teach you frog care. Uh, and they'll teach you all sorts of other things that you can do, uh, amen, to try to satiate Maybe they'll teach you how to boil the blood down and get the liquid out of it. And they'll teach you how to cope with your addiction and cope with your depression. And they'll medicate you all the way through. But it's only God that has the ability to deliver you from the to deliver you from the spells of this society. To deliver you from the magic of this society. You go to AA, and I don't have a problem with AA. I used to preach at the AA. Hallelujah. Alcoholics Anonymous and NA, Narcotics Anonymous. But every time you go, you know what you have to say? And, and I, I, got a, I, got a, I got a brother of mine, he, uh, or uh, I've got a, a Bible study of mine. He, he is, praise God, he's been free of, of alcohol, and he went that route. Amen. And I thank God for anything that will help people get better. But you know what their route is? You go every time to the meeting, and you declare, I am an alcoholic. That's what you have to declare. You might not have drank for 30 years, but you're still declared an alcoholic because all they can do is just hide the frogs. Uh, amen. And they want to tell you you're still the same person you ever were. Uh, but I want to preach to you about Jesus. Uh, amen. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Uh, I once was blind, but now I see. Brother, I once was an alcoholic, but now I'm an apostolic. I once was on drugs, but brother, I'm not on drugs now. And there's people you showed up, but when God delivers you from the magicians and from the spells, I want to preach to you, you are free indeed. Somebody ought to give him praise. You are not what you were. You are a new creation in Christ. You are all things are passed away. All things are become new. You are free indeed. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give him praise. I want to just talk about this for a little bit because Jannies and Jambres is alive and well. The magicians are alive and well. Their methods were different. We're just going to keep, keep creating the problems. I want to tell you, you will not vote in your solution. They're, going to, they're just going to be able to create more problems. They might fix one problem, but they're going to create five more. Because you cannot legislate morality, and you cannot you cannot vote in uh, morality and holiness. Uh, amen. All you can do is just get another magician that'll do another card trick and tell you, I promise you all the things they're going to do, but it won't change nothing. Uh, amen. I want to tell you their methods were different. Number two, their message was different. <laughs> they preached a message just like Moses and Aaron. Uh, in fact, uh, let me just tell you what Moses and Aaron's message was uh, so you can understand the difference. Uh, when Moses and Aaron showed up every single time they went before Pharaoh, amen, you've heard it. Uh, you've seen Charlton Heston stand out and play the part. Uh, he stood before Pharaoh and declared, let my people go. God spoke to Moses, and he said, you go to Pharaoh, and you do all these miracles in his sight, but don't just do miracles. You better have a message, and that message is, let my people go. I want to tell you, the kingdom of God is still preaching, let my people go. You know what Paul put it as? He said this, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. 
Anybody that tells you, uh, amen, anything different than that, they are not preaching the message. Uh, they are preaching the magician. Hallelujah. Because Jannies and Jambres preach a different message. They said, look, we can do magic tricks as well. And all of their magician work and all of their magic and all of their enchantments, they would say this when they all got done. Look, we are just as powerful. But they had a very distinct message that was opposite of Moses and Aaron. And this is how they withstood. They could replicate the miracles, but they preached a different message. They would preach this, uh, stay here in Egypt uh, and we'll show you miracles. Uh, plague after plague, uh, they tried to strike a deal with the people of God. Uh, they said this, uh, I will not let you go. Uh, and then uh, after another plague showed up, uh, they said, okay, just don't go very far away. Uh, here's the message, uh, you just got to stay close. Uh, and then they said the men can leave, uh, but the women, the children, and the cattle got to stay right here. And then finally they said, husbands and wives, you can go, but your kids got to stay. I want to tell you, they finally preached it this way. They said, you can go, your wife can go, your kids can go, but your cattle and your money stays here. And I come to preach to you about the magicians and getting deliverance. The magicians in this generation will tell you, you can't go. And if you ever get a little free, they say, yeah, just don't go very far away. And if you get a little further free, you can be free, but your wife can't be free, and your marriage can't be free. The magicians will try to compromise with you and say you can be free, but your kids can't be free. You can be free, but your money can't be free. And I want to tell you they're preaching to stay here in Egypt, but I want to preach to you the message of the gospel. you got to let my people go. The church of the 21st century is withstanding Jannies and Jambres uh, just like Moses and Aaron. Uh, every time they tried to compromise uh, and make a deal, uh, Moses would stand flat-footed uh, and he would say, No, uh, we're not taking a compromise. Uh, I'm not going to be free and my spouse lost. Uh, I'm not going to be free and my kids lost. Uh, I'm not going to be free but broke. Uh, he said, No, uh, you're going to let us all go. I love what Moses said in, in getting deliverance from the magicians. He said, we're not leaving one hoof. He said, we're not leaving one hoof in Egypt. You know what he's really saying? We're not, we're not even leaving the scraps of our animals. He said, if, if any of them died, we're taking their bones with us. Hallelujah. We're not leaving. He was saying, no, 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 no. You cannot. And I want to preach to somebody. Our world and the attitudes and the spirits of our world, they don't want to let people go. They, they want you to seem like you are partially free. I'm free when I'm at church on Sunday, but come Monday morning, I just can't help it. I'm free when everybody's surrounding me, but when it's late at night, I just can't help it. I want to tell you, that's magician work right there that says, well, I, I can shout and I can dance and nothing wrong with that. Amen. But I want to tell you, you're not really getting Moses' message if you are settling for less than full deliverance. I want to preach to somebody when he said, let my people go, he was saying, we are not settling for less than complete freedom. Can I preach what the Bible says? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed.
You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Can I preach to you? There's deliverance from the magician. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. All right, so their, their methods were different. They, well, their methods were similar but still different. Their message was different. And finally, their results were different. When Jannies and Jamries did their magic, preached their message, I want to tell you where they stopped and where the Bible says, these shall proceed no further. Exodus 8 and 18. The Bible says that Moses and Aaron struck the dirt and it became lice on every living creature, on every man, woman, and child. It got everywhere. Hallelujah. I don't want that plague in my life. Praise God. Notice verse number 18. And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice from the dirt, but they could not. So there was lice upon men and lice upon beasts. And then the magician said to Pharaoh, the magicians finally understood that we're not as powerful. And they looked at Pharaoh and they said, this is the finger of God. Can I preach to somebody? Amen. This is where they stopped. This is where they could go no further. This is where their results ended. Uh, not only could they not take away the, the, the plagues, uh, but they came to the point where Moses and Aaron were turning dust uh, into a living creature, where they were bringing life uh, from the dirt. Uh, and Moses's, uh, Moses and Aaron could do it by the hand of God. But Pharaoh's servants, Jannies and Jambres, uh, the magicians, uh, they struck the dirt uh, and nothing changed. Uh, they they tried to bring life, but no life would come. Can I preach to somebody? Amen. God left them in the dust. They were not able to proceed past the dust. They could not go past the plague. There was something about this plague. Can I preach to somebody? They even recognize this is the finger of God because they realize only God can make something out of dust. The magicians uh, can't take nothing and turn it into something. Uh, the magicians can't take the dead and bring them back to life. Uh, the magicians can't take the dust and the dirt and the particles and the molecules uh, and make something new out of it. But I've got a God here today uh, that can break through the spell of every magician. Uh, and where the magicians can't make you a new creation and can't make you a new creature and can't bring new life. Uh, we've got a God uh, that can break through the magicians uh, and bring newness. Somebody ought to stand uh, and clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Come on, somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to give him praise. You serve a God that can go beyond the magician's power. We serve a God that can make all things new. We serve a God that can make something live that once was dead. We serve a God that can bring something out of nothing. Musicians, have you come? I'll tell you what we're going to do today. You can remain standing. We're going to get deliverance from the magicians today. Magicians of our society that say you got to stay depressed because we can't change nothing about that. 
we can't fix nothing about that. I want to tell you, there's a God that can fix something about that. Well, preacher, you don't know how long I've been going through this. I want, I want to tell you, you might have been suffering your entire life, but you can be delivered today. Well, the doctors couldn't fix me. You know what? The magicians couldn't fix it either, but God can fix you. Well, the psychologist couldn't figure it out. Yeah, you're right, but God can figure it out, and God can deliver you. Well, nobody has the answer. I want to preach to you. There's a God that has the answer for the dust. Genesis, we learn. God works with dirt. God took the dust and the dirt of the earth, and he molded and made man, and man became a living soul. I want to preach to you, God knows how to work with your dirt. Oh, I've tried, and you know, I've tried all these other programs, and they said there's no hope for me. You're right, magicians can't do it. You're right, magicians don't have that kind of power. But there's a God in this house that'll make you a brand new creature. Jannies and Jambres tried to bewitch the people. You know what they said? We got results too. Here's the problem. You didn't get the same results. Because at the end of the day, if you stay with Jannies and Jambres and they do all these magic tricks, you still got frogs. You still got plagues. You still got problems. You still are thirsty. You're still lost. And the worst part about it is when you finally wake up from the spell, you're still in Egypt. But when Moses and Aaron show up, uh, amen, I want to tell you, they preach another message. Uh, amen, I want to just preach to you here today. Uh, amen, there, there, there are some things that magicians have told people that is not necessarily wrong. You don't really need to go to church for X, Y, or Z. You're right, there's a certain level they'll take you. You know, if you just got another degree, you would be better. You're right, there's a certain level the magicians can take you. The attitudes, the spirits of this generation, the culture we live in. Yes, there. you know what? There are some things that if you made a little more money, it might fix. Amen? Is that all right? There is a point where you can go without God. But it will only take you so far. And eventually it stops. And the magicians can't proceed any further. You can, you can only go so far with drugs before the magic wears off. You can only go so far with a new marriage because the old one didn't work out, so you swapped it for a new one before that wears off, and you realize they're the problem too. <laughs> you know, the honeymoon eventually wears off. The magic wears off. And then you're faced with the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror. You know, magic is all about illusions. That's what it is, sleight of hand. And we don't know whether or not they actually produced snakes or they had a snake hit up their sleeve. We don't know. But they gave the appearance. And there are things in this world that will give the appearance that it will change you and make you better. Yeah. There are people that are, in fact, they're making money off you right now. If you will just take this placebo pill, you'll lose 400 pounds. You just wrap this around your body and it'll just change everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> they're making, and then what they're saying is, Let's just show you a little magic trick. We can fix this. It's manipulation. You know, I want to just say this. People think magic is like, you know, uh, and, and, and yeah, maybe it is the case. But, you know, really what magic is, it's manipulation. The Bible says rebellion is a spirit of witchcraft. It's when they can try to convince and manipulate people in their mind and in their lifestyle to do something different. I want to tell you, some of those commercials that you keep seeing, that's manipulation. 
you didn't even want to buy that, but you went and bought that. You drive down the road, you haven't had a beer in six years. All of a sudden, you see that billboard, and you're like, man, that sounds good right now. That's manipulation. Well, praise God. It ain't toads and frogs and all that business. That might be the case, too, but I want to tell you, it's manipulation. You know, some people in your life, you think Harry Potter's a witch. I want to tell you, the, 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 the person that you spend the most time with might be a witch. Because they're manipulating you to skip church. They're manipulating you, amen, to do things you know are wrong. Amen, the friends you spend time with, well, praise God. And they've got you under their spell. Getting you thinking you can do this and there's no consequences. Everybody's doing it. The prodigal son was given over to the magician's thought process. Because he went out of the world and they told him, hey, we'll be your friend. Hey, we'll hang out. And the Bible says he went out and he spent all that he had on riotous living. And they were his friend until he ran out of money. Because that's how some people's really going to be your friend. Amen. The Bible says sin for a season is, it's, it, 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 it feels nice. Anybody that ever says, well, that doesn't feel good, they're lying. It probably does feel good. It's just not good for you. Well, praise God. Sin for a season. It might feel good, but what do you do when the magic wears off? What do you do when the high wears off? What do you do when the relationship ends? What do you do when the, run, the money runs out? I want to tell you, you're still in bondage. You'd still be in Egypt. That's what happens when you live under the magician's curse and the magician's spell and the magician's manipulation. And it doesn't look like this. i tell you what it looks like. You know what you need to do? You need to leave them. You know what? They ain't treating you right. You deserve better. You know what it looks like? It's that Facebook post that ain't of God and it's not found in the Word of God that's got you thinking, yeah, I, well, I deserve better. No, you got to hit your knees and pray. I hope this is all right. That's what you get when you got the, the magician. But when you get the minister's message, of let my people go. I'll tell you what you get. Resurrection in life. And you get deliverance from Egypt. When God shows up in your life. He doesn't just give you an Instagrammable moment. He meant he will actually change things in your life. He won't just make you look more holy. He'll actually make you holy. He won't just make your life look a little better. He'll actually make your life a little better. Simon the sorcerer in the New Testament, the Bible says he bewitched much, much of the people. And when he saw that the, by the laying on of hands the Holy Ghost was given, he said, let me buy this with money. You know what he said? I want to keep the spell on the people. I want to keep them under the magician. And they rebuked him, and they said the gift of God can't be purchased with money. There's some things money can't buy. There's some things the magician can't when you get the Holy Ghost, you get deliverance on a level the devil never could. The world never could. When Jesus turned water into wine, it wasn't a magic trick. It wasn't Kool-Aid. Praise God. I want to tell you, when Jesus turned water into wine, he didn't just add a little food coloring. That's what the magician does. But I want to tell you, when Jesus turned water into wine, he turned it from one substance into another substance altogether. You don't, you, don't, you ain't hear me yet. He took one molecular structure and turned it into a completely different molecular structure. 
And when Jesus gets a hold of your life, he won't just leave you a little bit better. He'll pull you out of sin, pull you out of the world. He'll, he'll break every chain. He'll destroy every work of the devil. When he pulls you out, you become a completely new creation. How do I do that? Can I preach to you a little bit of, of, of Moses' message that I'm done here? He said, let my people go. You don't listen to anybody that says you can stay the way you are. Brother, we all came into God however we were. But it's not the will of God for you to stay the way you are. Or you, or you haven't really, you really haven't come into Jesus. Let me ask you a question. God is infinite, yes? Okay. God is all powerful, yes? All right. And 18-wheelers, very fast and very strong, right? If you got hit by an 18-wheeler going 80 miles an hour, what would you look like? What would you walk like? Come on, somebody. What would you talk like? I got a question. What's more powerful, an 18-wheeler or Jesus? And when Jesus comes into your life, he so shifts you and so changes you. You're just a different person. You might come in one way, but when Jesus gets done with you, you will be different. You, And the best part about it, you'll be glad about it. You'll be glad about it. You'll be excited to tell everybody, you got to try Jesus. Let me tell you where the results of Moses' message end up. Moses said, let my people go. And the magician said, stay here. Here's the end result of Moses' message. 1 Corinthians 10 and 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not have that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you some theology for a moment. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. I want to tell you how you break the magician's spell in your life. You got to go through the cloud and you got to go through the sea. They were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Jesus said, Except a man's born again of water and of spirit. Peter says, You got to repent and be baptized. There's water in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. There's the spirit. Let me ask a question. Were they, were they going to be all right if they'd have stayed in Egypt? No. They'd have, been, they'd have gone right back into bondage. Were they good when they were standing at the Red Sea? No, Pharaoh was chasing them down. And Moses said, let me show you the end result of this message. Moses parted the waters, and he put that rod over. He said, I want to tell you what the message will really do in your life. It won't leave you on this side of the Red Sea, but the Bible says he parted the waters, and they all walked over to the other side. Can I preach to somebody? Your old man will be passed away on that side. And the Bible says when Pharaoh and his army got in the middle, he collapsed the Red Sea, and all their enemies drowned. When God delivers you, uh, he does it in such a way uh, where your enemy and your past uh, cannot follow you. What you were cannot follow you. Uh, what... So how do, you break the, how do you break the magician's spell? First things first, you got to repent. You need to apply the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of your house. What does that look like? 
Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Amen. The next thing you got to do, you got to be baptized in water. Baptism in water doesn't just wash your flesh. We don't give you a bar of dove soap. I'll tell you what it does. The Bible says, amen, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 8, 3, verse 8, it says that now baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but it's an answer of a good conscience towards God. Mark 16, verse 16 says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I want to tell you, if you want to break the magician's curse off your life, you got to repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name, and he doesn't leave you under the water. When you come up out of the water, you begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit fills you. And here's what the Bible says when you get the Holy Ghost. You walk in newness of life. So here's what we're going to do today. I want everybody to come down to the altar. We are facing all sorts of spirits in this world. We are facing all sorts of demonic things in this world. But I want to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to answer the call of the message of God. We're going to answer the call of Jesus. And his call says this, come out. Come out. Come out of your sin. Come out of your shame. Come out of your guilt. So here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to lift up your hands. We're going to begin to repent of all of our sins. From the pastor all the way down, I'll tell you what we're going to do. It doesn't matter what it is. It might be something you don't remember. God, I pray right now that you would forgive me of all of my sins. God, everything I've thought, everything I've said, everything I've done, if you want deliverance here today, it starts with getting the blood applied. Amen. When you repent, all of a sudden you are answering, amen, Moses' message of coming out of Egypt. You are starting the process. I want you to pray right now. If there's some things in your life that the devil's had control over your mind, the devil's had control over your marriage, the devil's had control over your money, I want to tell you, you can pray right now. If the devil had control in any area begin to repent and give that to Jesus begin to give that to Jesus we're going to pray I want you to begin to worship the Lord right now come on if you repented go ahead and give God some praise if you've never received the Holy Ghost as you begin to praise God you're going to feel the spirit of freedom you're going to feel the spirit of liberty and it's going to break every shackle off your hands it's happening right now depression's got to go depression's got to be buried right now come on that's it in the name of Jesus, begin to give God praise. Begin to give God praise. I need some brethren There's to go pray for somebody. Healing in his name. There's deliverance right now from the magicians. There's deliverance from the spells and the spirits of this generation. You can be liberated right now. in the Come on, if there's anything you need, God Healing has set you free from. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be your mind. It could be a mental problem. But begin to pray right now. I want to be free. The magician can't go this far. The jannies and jambres can't go this far. Somebody pray.
somebody. I feel depression shaking off of somebody. You're getting free right now. Everybody, everybody, I want you to hear me. If you're praying, keep praying. We're going to pray again. How do you get delivered from the magician? 